This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers, a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parents Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. Now that life is coming back to normal, Kristen, I have found so many parents struggling with burnout. Online school, hybrid, the intensity of holding things together over the last year, it's just really taken a toll on on parents. Mm-hmm. And I think now that summer is in full swing, which means so much running around, as you yourself know, and getting your kids from place to place, and then hopefully some vacation that can be found somewhere in between there. Um, when do we actually deal with the burnout? Because as you know, vacation with kids doesn't always feel like vacation. No, it sure doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Can you explain what burnout is? Sure. Well, I've come together, actually, I, I put together an assessment that um, – I'm going to throw out some questions, and and then let's see how we even ourselves resonate with this, and then for our, our listeners, um, they can kind of take inventory as well. But do you feel run down, drained emotionally and physically uh, on a regular basis? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to put it in an I form here. I have negative thoughts about my family life. Sometimes. I'm harder and less sympathetic with my spouse and children than perhaps they deserve. Sometimes. I'm easily irritated by small problems with children or family members. Yes. I feel misunderstood or underappreciated by my spouse or children. Yes. I feel that I have no one to talk to. I feel that I am achieving less than I should. Mm -hmm. I feel an unpleasant level of pressure to succeed. I feel that I'm not getting what I want out of my family life. I feel frustrated with home life and wonder what I'm doing wrong. I'm frustrated with not feeling listened to. I feel undermined at home by my spouse. I feel that there's more work to do at home than I practically have the time for. I feel that I do not have time to do many of the things that are important to doing a good quality job. I find that I'm not as fun or as present as I would like to be. And my work can consume me and take away extra energy that I would have had for my family. Hmm. Wow. I mean, that's a pretty concise inventory right there. But when you think about it, if you've answered yes to even, you know, three of them, there's definitely some red flags there for a person to really evaluate, like, how are you you managing your stress? Are you taking it out on your family? Mm -hmm. What are you doing to really address the burnout that you feel? And how do you go about addressing burnout? Yeah. Well, that that is the question, right? I guess first recognizing if you are burnout and, and then figuring out how to kind of unstick yourself. (laughs) Right. I think the first question that always comes to my mind after I look at this assessment is, how fast are you running? Mm -hmm. Like, do you and your family have decompression points throughout the day? 
I mean, that is something that I know my family struggles with. I mean, we're not always consistent about it. I know I'm sure I'm not the only one, but maybe on the weekends we're a little better. But during the week, and and I hate to say it, but even summer sometimes I feel like we're running all over the place. I think it's really common to be feeling like you're running all over the place in the summer. Yeah, and then you start to feel, or at least I do, start to feel resentful you know, for all the running around. And, you know, I think your self-care kind of takes the back seat and um, just makes you even more frustrated. Okay, so that's what I'm getting at. Imagine if you've been, you know, already feeling the burnout from COVID Mm -hmm. and then now we're going back to normal. But now you're in summer and you're running just as hard because everything's opened up now. Right. Right. It's like when does mom or dad actually get a break Mm -hmm. to finally like decompress from everything that that has just been experienced? I mean, the one thing about COVID was we we all got some time to Mm self-reflect on what was most important. And so we have really hunkered down and we did a lot of concentration on family time. Right. And and that is a beautiful thing. I think it really helped people prioritize what is most important. Yes. But then the caveat to that is if you if you said, okay, what was most important is my family and I really want to spend that time with my family, do you have some me time in there carved out too to take care of yourself? Mm-hmm. And what does truly taking care of yourself look like? Mm-hmm. Because I think taking care of yourself is not always just going to the nail salon and getting your nails done. I know for myself, that's not a way I can relax. Right. That doesn't feel relaxing to me. So everybody kind of has to figure out what their relaxation or downtime looks like. It's going to be different for everyone. Yeah, true relaxation time. Yeah. Right. Because so when I say, like, do you and your family have decompression points throughout the day? Like, to decompress, is it taking a little nap? Mm-hmm. Is it meditating? Mm-hmm. Is it making sure you get that exercise in and, you know, and at least getting, you know, 30 to 45 minutes of some kind of fun exercise activity for yourself? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say too, I think being careful that the decompression points aren't um, while you're on a device or, you know, your kids are playing video games or something. I don't to me, that doesn't feel like true relaxation or decompression. So, it... Yeah, and, you know, a really common decompression point for a lot of people is alcohol. Mm, yeah. And so the idea of going to a happy hour now that things have opened up and having drinks with friends, and it's the summertime, you know, right. people want to socialize and have a good time. But once you, you know, hit your mid-30s and up, 40s, and then you're just using alcohol as your decompression point, there's often uh, some consequences to that for the next day. You're running a little slower mm-hmm. or you just your metabolism changes, yeah. you know. It's and not it's, so good for the waistline anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. No, but it really, you know, it tires you out. And for a lot of people, it also increases inflammation in the body. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think, too, just one of the things that I – love and will miss about quarantine was the the slower pace. I mean, there was no pressure to be anywhere, do anything because there wasn't anything to do mm-hmm. or be. And so, you know, the the fact that now life's getting back to normal and I I 
specifically remember a lot of my friends and I talking about, we're not going to go back to how we were. We're going to change. We're not going to get sucked back into the craziness. And, you know, it's happening again. (laughs) Well, and that brings me back to this one question that I put in the assessment. I feel that I'm achieving less than I should. Mm. Because for people, and, you know, we had our Enneagram study group with Lisa Morris this year, which was fabulous. And we're going to have that coming back, hopefully, for the the fall. Um, Some of us are just, uh, our personalities are centered around achieving. Yes. Right? That's the three. The the achiever. Yep. Right? So if you feel like your efforts aren't moving towards some kind of end result, you know, or end goal, then you often feel lost. Yes. So I think for this particular question, when it comes to burnout, you know, some people can run so hard that they're not even aware of how burned out they actually are. Mm. They just keep going because then they think, well, off to the next thing. And so part of understanding burnout for yourself is really knowing your limits. Yeah. Really getting more in touch with your body about have you have you reached threshold? Mm-hmm. And when you do reach threshold, what is replenishing? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, what is actually replenishing is rest, sleep. Yeah. Which is the opposite of what you might be wanting to do, which is achieve more. Right. But really, what you need is to achieve a little less. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, count the wins. Take yeah. the time to count the wins and, and rest in it a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and probably... Um, Get yourself more centered and rested or restored so that then you can take on something mm-hmm. later and then do it really well. I think always running off to the next thing after the next, you just really can't appreciate what you have achieved. And then it's um, and then I think your efforts actually start to dwindle. I don't think things turn out as as intentional as you probably would have liked it. Right. No, it's very true. I, I wonder, too, that if our kids see us running around like that all the time um, and running at that pace, then then they think that's how life is. And so they're naturally going to fall into the same habits. I mean, I see one of my children in particular is the opposite of a homebody. She wants to be out and about all the time, constantly making plans. And I'm finding myself lately, now that she's getting a little older and wants to be driven around, I find myself being really frustrated by it. But then I had to kind of pause and think, well, wait, I'm doing that a lot of the time and she's watching me. Mm. So, you know, even though it's all fun activities, it's still too much. (laughs) Yeah. So I think being careful what you're modeling for um, for your children too, like letting them see that downtime, that relaxation time. As a parent. Mm -hmm. And probably having a conversation about it at home Mm -hmm. as well of like, hey, you're going to be running the candle, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Right. So it's great that you want to be social and have time with your friends. But let's choose just so many activities and then still have time at home as well. Yeah. How do you balance it out? And also as mom, this is what I have the bandwidth for in taking you to these different places, mm-hmm. right? That's right. And then now, like this is a this is family night, or we're we're in for the night. We're not we're not doing social things on this day mm-hmm. or these days. Yeah. So having limits and discussing it with the kids, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think we talked about this in the past, but um, delegating enough uh, for your children and spouse. You know, the question really is, are you delegating enough for your children and spouse? It's like, are you trying to take it all on for yourself or are you, you know, asking your family to actively participate in the day to day? Yeah. One of the biggest responses I hear from parents uh, either in the parenting class at Mainspring or in private practice, is, well, it's just so much easier if I do, do it myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many people, this is their go-to. Well, the, you know, it's just we're rushed or we don't have enough time in the morning, so I just get it done. Yeah. And I always say, well, that shows that you're really capable, mm-hmm. but does it show that your kids are so capable, mm-hmm. right? If we're trying to, you know, raise kids that are self-corrective adults or is you know, Michelle Borba's book talks about, you know, strivers versus thrivers. Right. We really have to offload these things and let's see some let let's see them have some skin of the game. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's go ahead and delegate and say we can all be contributors in this home and here's what you are responsible for and and then don't actually pick up the pieces for them mm-hmm. just because it's easier. Like let them be responsible for it. And I think resentment for parents can really build when you feel like you're doing everything on your own all the time. Yes. And sometimes you have to take responsibility for the fact that are you also choosing that? Right. And being a contributor to the problem, right? Or just have you not taken the time to to teach your kids to take more responsibility in this area? See, sometimes our children just haven't, um, you think that they should know it already, but you actually haven't sat down and said, this is the expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are our house rules. This is what I need you to be in charge of. Are you in agreement over it? This is what I'm expecting you to be responsible for on a regular basis here. This yeah. is what I do. Yeah. Here's my list. Right. Yeah. They need to they need to see that. But I think that's a great way to reduce burnout is making sure that certain things are delegated to everyone in the house, that everybody is contributing. Yeah. I think also, you know, I always ask, who is in your village and are you willing to ask for help? Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain circumstances for families where somebody's been sick or a job loss or, you know, just different situational events. Three, You've got three kids and two, two of them have to be in two different places, you yeah. know, and there's only one driver. You know, who's in your village to ask for help? Can mm-hmm. you delegate that? Can you, can you carpool? Can you work with a different parent? Don't yeah. be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Also, too. Yeah, I love that. No, I, I definitely have a great village and, and not afraid <laughs> to ask for help because it is way too much for one person. Well, and the fact that you have a great village is also because you're probably a part of that village and how you contribute to right. their lives, too. Right? right. If if everybody's leaning on each other, then they know that, like, okay, you know, it's okay for me to have an ask. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I think it's great when we create communities like that, that we're not, um, it's okay to ask. Don't feel Definitely. guilty or worried about it. it. You know, it's okay that you would need help and let's problem solve together. Mm-hmm. If I can help you, how can we, how can we problem solve this? Yeah, I, very important. All right, what do you think about... Um, feeling resentful because your needs are not being recognized or addressed. 
I think this is a topic that's really critical to to the emotional side of burnout because mm-hmm. oftentimes there's negative cognitions that people will hold on to based on how they're perceiving their reality. So, mm-hmm. for example, example, um, if somebody's just saying, I only have myself to rely on, like there's n- nobody gets me here, right? And you're replaying that thought over and over again, either in your um, – in your conversations with your kids or with your spouse, what kind of nonverbal cues are you then giving to your family? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you even feeling? What's permeating this the, the environment at home based on those thoughts? I mean, I think that I, I think women particularly struggle with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of not speaking up because you feel like you can't or you shouldn't about what you need or want and from your, whether it's your spouse or your family or your children. But um, it sure does not ever end well when you keep it in because, I mean, I can speak from experience. I usually end up exploding. (laughs) And it's not really fair because what I'm upset about or exploding about, I've never really communicated to yes. my family and how can I expect them to help me or um, know what I need if I haven't communicated that. Okay. That's exactly what I was trying to allude to earlier when I was giving the example of, oh, he should know already. Yeah. Or they should know this. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we make these assumptions mm-hmm. that people should know mm-hmm. and really they don't, they really don't need to know unless you have actually explicitly told them. Right. And so... To have that accountability to say, you know what, you need to actually share how you feel mm-hmm. in a way that's clear mm-hmm. and then share what you need. Right. Because when it comes to emotions, we feel what we feel. And once we've felt it and we've actually named the feeling, it can move. Mm-hmm. But then we have to address what the real need is behind that feeling. Right. So if you need more support or if you need to feel more recognized, um, that's important to to share because that's also a part of how you feel loved. Mm. Well, and I like I think we you talked about this a little bit um, too is just having you know speaking of having a better flow in your home. I think having kind of a set schedule, yes, and a plan. You know, for example, in my house, my kids each have a couple chores that they have to do on a daily basis, and that takes a little pressure off of me that. You know, I don't have to take the trash out or, or feed the dog. It's just one less thing for me to do. They're contributing, and they know that that's something that has to be done every single day. And, you know, the same goes for your, your spouse. You could come up with a plan. Like, everyone kind of has their – maybe you make dinner, and your spouse does the dishes. I mean, it sounds so simple, but I think a lot of us, like you were saying earlier, just, oh, I'll just, I'm faster or better at it. I'll just do it. And – I find myself doing that sometime and then being very, very resentful because that's every minute that I'm doing something at home, I'm taking away from time either with to enjoy with my family or maybe some quality alone time. You know, it's funny you brought that up because that is the one thing that I have really implemented now at home is in the past I would cook mm-hmm. and then I would also be the one to clean mm. after. Yeah. And then... Um, my husband brought it to my attention that, like, you know, 
really everyone should be contributing with the after of it. That's right. And I was like, you're right. So we have all now taken on that we're all contributing to cleaning the dishes, getting everything washed up, and putting it away. And it gets done so much faster. Sometimes it's a little slower initially because, (laughs) you know, we have a nine-year-old that doesn't want to necessarily go with the flow. Right. However, you know, he's recognizing the benefits because, hey, when you contribute, there is also an allowance at the end of the month that you're going to receive. And I'm noticing who's contributing and who's not. And there are certain deductions. And then there's also what you maintain Mm -hmm. in your in your allowance when you follow through on the tasks. Yeah. And, and just, you know, I just think, too, recognizing um, everybody's contributions to the house. Like, there's there's absolutely no reason why mom should be, or dad, for that matter, should be doing everything. Like, Agreed. I, I I literally feel like my, my skin is crawling when I hear people say their kids don't have chores. It's like, how can you not? Everybody needs to be doing something. Even, as soon as you can walk and lift something. I mean, I used to give my kids the simplest little tasks so that they understood that they were, you know, participating mm-hmm. in cleaning up or whatever it is. But um, I think that that simple act just relieves a lot of pressure off of you. And it also um, kind of connect bonds everybody with the fact that we're all in this together this is our home mm-hmm. and um our dinner our yeah. kitchen i think audrey monkey in her book happy campers did such a good job of talking mm. about responsibility remember that chapter she did. yes and then the post-it note idea yep of like here's a post-it note for each of my kids yep. here's what i expect that needs to get done by a certain time for today Yep. and then you don't actually have to engage in a full-blown conversation or opposition or whatever it's like here it is, guys. Yeah. Read it. Now you've got some response, you know, yeah. accountability for it. And then I'm going to check in at the end of the day to make sure that it got done. Yeah. I've been doing that with my kids. Um, you know, they'll ask me to drive them somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But this is this is your list or this is what needs to be done before we leave. And I'm telling you, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing about rhythm and routine, too, is that uh, it really can help reduce discipline issues mm-hmm. when your kids know what to expect mm-hmm. in your home, when you have that better flow. Mm-hmm. Because then you don't leave so much room for chaotic right. <laughs> behavior, too much lingering time of, you know, that they know that, like, bath time is at this time or we have dinner at this time and the TV is done by this time in the evening. And then you really stick to that that routine. Then it reduces the arguments because they, they know what to expect. And I think summer, sometimes all the um, routine can go out the window and you're staying up late and, you know, eating dinner later. But I think that you still have to have some semblance of that because otherwise everything falls apart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I was going to say, too, that one thing I did to change the routine for my home was, especially for summer, is I don't allow any TV time in the morning. Oh, that's so good. Because it just sets us on such such a chaotic Mm -hmm. tone after. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm waking up. I just want to watch TV. But then it's like they're, ve- you know, they're vegging out and then they get lazy and they don't want to do other things after. And it feels like pulling teeth to go yep. start to to move. And so what I do now is 
we get dressed, teeth are brushed, and then we read. And oh, we'll read that. together and just and just kind of set the tone that way. That's a great with, idea. With the start of the day. Yeah, because it's real easy to jump up and get on your iPad or put the TV on. Exactly. But you have to be organized enough, I think, to to start your day like that. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, like, already behind, you know, as a parent, like, yeah. you're trying to get a bunch of things done, then it just makes so much sense to be like, well, just turn on the TV and watch something really quick. Mm-hmm. Like, So there's that prep time that kind of has to happen in order to to start a, a routine like that for your day. Well, and speaking of routine, something that has always helped me um, is getting ha- trying to get up before the kids mm-hmm. or at least get going before the kids. Um, and for me, what that looks like is, you know, maybe doing a little meditation and I go make my coffee and then I write in my journal. And that's like it, nobody interrupt. I well, they're not supposed to interrupt me, but that's like how I set the tone for my day, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think it's okay to do that to get up and and start the day, and make it about what you need and and um, taking care of your your self care needs at that, you know, before before the chaos has yeah. begun. It sounds like that's your oxygen. Yeah, like that's a way that you just love to you know, start your day very intentional, yes. you know, self-reflective. And, and also, what do you want to get out of today? Yeah. Well, I, and a lot of times that's what I'm writing down. You know, mm-hmm. I might write down what I'm grateful for, what my intentions are for the day or my hopes are for the day. But um, that's something that has really helped me. Um, I mean, that and, and getting some exercise is really my sanity Mm because the rest of the day is sort of unpredictable and I don't can't always control what's happening and a lot of it revolves around the kids but if I have started off my day with the tone of you know my needs and and my wants it's kind of refreshing before I have to deal with everyone else's needs and wants you know I'm also thinking another way to help reduce burnout Mm is making sure that your goals feel doable. Hmm. Because if your goals are like way outstanding, like of like far reaching and you don't necessarily know how to get there, like what are the steps that you take to actually achieve it on a regular basis? I think it can feel really overwhelming to somebody. Yes. And so what I've noticed for some people is break it down into like small steps that maybe you just do one or two mm-hmm. each day or one or two each week to then feel like, okay, I'm moving towards that. Mm-hmm. And then I think it, it feels more doable than to stay on the journey with it, and then you won't burn out as much. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I know we, we talk about this all the time, and but I know that a lot of people, including myself, struggle with it. I think it's just slowing down. And just kind of being in the moment a little bit more, too. Mm-hmm. Just like there's so much racing around. And um, even if you're not physically racing around, it seems like you're on, you know, you're working or you're checking emails or you're on Instagram. There's just constant stimulation. So to kind of take a step back and, and be present and really grounded and just really slow down, I don't know. That's like a game changer for the day. <laughs> well, you know, 
the therapist that I think of that does this the best is Nola Cassery. <laughs> Truly. Love Nola. I know. And we've had her on our podcast before, and I think she'll be even teaching at Mainspring for the fall. Um, but she just models that so beautifully. And I recall sometimes calling her home at like 8 o'clock in the evening, and her daughter would say, you know, I'm sorry, but my mom is not taking any more calls for the evening. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Back when you had a home phone. I love that. Back when she had a home phone. (laughs) You know, because, but she just was so good with her boundaries of like, I've reached threshold. You know, like I need that time for me and now, and now I'm done for the day until the next day. I love that. I love that. Well, and I think that that's, um, you know, we were talking about self-care and what, and making yourself a priority. Something I have learned from NOLA is really, you know, you should you should be number one. Your your um, well being, your health, your overall wellness, like that, really should be number one. And then the rest of your family comes after that. And that was a hard thing for me to wrap my brain around at first. But lately, I've been putting energy into that, and it it's it feels really good. So, what's an example of that for you? Um. Well, you know, I think. For me, it's been uh, signing up for some a personal growth class mm-hmm. or course, right? That um, that I want to take. It's it's maybe, you know, exploring some um, some Eastern medicine practices like um, you know doing Reiki or acupuncture, mm-hmm. like some things that are very calming and soothing and help me feel more centered and get my chakras all aligned, but. Um, I think it's just, like I said before, just slowing down and thinking about what I need. For me, it's the pace. I just need to slow down. See, what I love about what you're sharing here Mm -hmm. is that it's all such preventative work. Yeah. You know, and isn't that really why we even started Mainspring in the first place is because we wanted to create this hub for families to uh, offer preventative work for their children and for the families themselves, for That's the right. parents. That's right. Because you know? when we think preventatively, then we don't have the worst case scenarios later in, that's in right. high school. More than likely. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly that's exactly why we started Mainspring. And um, I think it's it's you come to a point when your kids are a little bit older where you can carve out that time. And you have to make it a priority. It's not easy. And there's a million other things that you can put in front of it. But... To me, I, you know, I got to a point in my life where I was like, I have to do this or I'm not going to be able to go on. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, just that whole bandwidth, knowing your bandwidth and um, where where you've kind of hit the wall. And I was hitting the wall a lot. So, um, you know, it's a journey. <laughs> it is a journey. Yeah. And sometimes there are certain life circumstances that have to happen where then you're That's like, right. hello, wake up. That's right. Now I know. Now I get it. Now I get it. And School's what a, in session. Right. <laughs> right. And what a beautiful thing to, to teach your kids, too, you know, that um, to take care of themselves and figure out what they need to decompress and, and manage their own stress and anxiety because kids obviously struggle with that as well. Well, maybe a great way to end with this would just be to share with our dear parents that listen – If you feel like you have burnout, Mm -hmm. share with your family. Mm -hmm. Share what you're feeling. Share what you need specifically. How can people specifically help you with this? All right. 
And then what are the steps that you're going to take for yourself to get back on track? Do you need rest? Do you need more time with friends where it's just like really healthy, like enriching time? I don't mean just going out for a happy hour or something like that. I mean like feeling enriched. Yeah. What are you doing for your soul? Yeah. What's the soul care that's going on for your life? And that, I think, is the key to un, un, you know, unraveling burnout for somebody. I like that. And having a plan, right? Yeah, and What's then your, sticking to it. Sticking to it. And then being really good with your routine thereafter so that you can build your body, your soul, your mind back up. Mm. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again on Mainspring Family Wellness. Mm-hmm.